On today's episode of the Hitman Podcast, I got my dog Marquise Francis from Yahoo News pulling up to recap Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Episode 64 kicks off when we're talking about the Bengals and the Raiders, the Bucks and Eagles, huge paintbrush, the debacle that was the Cowboys game out in Dallas, and Kansas City sending Big Ben off into the sunset. In the NBA bands, we talk about the injuries that's hitting the NBA stars as we inch closer and closer to All-Star Weekend. The Hawks make a big trade, and the Warriors start cooling off. You know we can't get out of there, though, without talking about the Lakers. Quick Hits, Keith talks to us a little bit about cryptocurrency, NFTs, and everything culture. Don't forget the rundown, the game show, and shout-outs. Episode 64 of the Hit Me In Podcast, coming in hot. We were starting to deuce deuces the right way We coming in with a bang Whenever you hear that MVP chant You already know what's the deal It's the most valuable podcast in the world The Hitman Podcast What's good, what's cracking Chris checking in fresh out the plane from LA I got an esteemed guest with me this week I've been trying to track this man down for a little while He's heavy in the streets So I appreciate him joining me Marquise Francis from Yahoo News and Yahoo Finance What's the word big dog, how you feeling? What's going on? I'm just happy to be here. Happy to be in your presence. Yeah. I mean, that, that intro got me hyped. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. excited to connect with you tonight, brother. One thousand percent, big dog. How's the uh, how's the twenty two? How's the deuce deuce been treating you so far? Anything small? So far, so good. You know, just trying to level up, get more money, and uh, enjoy life. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. For those that's uninitiated, this is a big dog. This is a heavy hitter in the streets, man. Um, give them a little bit of your background, your expertise, if you will. It's a reason <laughs> that, you feel me, we only have superstars on the show. I'm familiar with you, but just give the folks a little bit of sauce and where you come from and your background. Yeah, appreciate it. So, uh, I mean, currently I'm a national reporter, producer uh, with Yahoo News and anchor with Yahoo Finance covering... Oh. Pretty much just a mix of national news, politics. I try to in, intertwine a bit of culture just to make it fun. Um, and with finance, it's really a mix of social justice and finance, finding kind of, you know, for a while where white people got it wrong, we trying to, you know, correct things. And so uh, that's what I do nine to five. I'm from North Jersey, uh, but, but, I, but I've been living in Harlem for the past seven years now. So um, definitely Harlem has been home for, for the past, you know, coming up on a decade, which is crazy. Uh, and that's obviously where we met. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, I've just the world of news and media to me is exciting. Um, I think for so long growing up, it was something I didn't necessarily understand. It was it seemed far fetched. But then as you get a little bit older, just recognizing, you know, all these laws being passed around you, 
all these policies and like how can you break it down to make it not only understandable but just you know touchable yeah right? relatable just, yeah, yeah palatable straight up exactly so as much as I can do that, if I could talk to somebody cool or Cardi B about politics, John Legend, and uh-huh. really just break it down, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do. So keep going, uh, keep been, going. I ain't even gotta talk. <laughs> keep giving them bars, baby. Yeah, no, it's, been a, it's been a good run. I mean, so I've been at Yahoo coming up on five years, and I've been able to sit down with Killer Mike, Charlemagne, Work. Valerie Jarrett, Stacey Abrams, um, just a bunch of dope names. Obviously, the pandemic slowed things down a bit, but like you. Set up the top, deuce deuce. Uh, we coming for the head, so we got midterms this year, so we're gonna get out, travel the country a bit, and just talk to people. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing you in these streets, man. The word for 2022 is increase. I tell everybody that comes in my path that that's what we're coming for. We're coming for that and more. Um, mm-hmm. how has the pandemic affected broadcasting and reporting on some of the most culturally social and impactful issues? Uh, over the past 18 to 24 months for you and just for the company in general. I'm sure you can go on and on and on about it, but from George Floyd to, you know, wading into the new metaverse and the, and the the space that we're dealing in now with cryptocurrency, how has not necessarily being able to hit the pavement like usual uh, affected you and affected your ability to be a, a profound journalist? Right. So, yeah, basically when the pandemic hit, I feel like so many industries kind of imploded. Like, what are we going to do? We need to be in person. The one thing that I think is always going to keep going is the news. Right. When something bad happens, people want to know what happened. So it's crazy because in the beginning of March, I had this woman who was a a, a doctor at NYU who I went to a couple of times at in-person interviews. Like, what is COVID? What is it? You thought it was going to be gone for in a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden I had to pivot to doing these same interviews that I did in person from home, just like we're talking on Skype and on Zoom. Right, so right. Everything was about pivoting. And I think that's the, the the beauty of being a good journalist is just understanding how to pivot. Right. I know you travel a lot and you're on the road and you're doing different things. And I think you're always going to come up uh, to different obstacles. And how can you pivot? How can you still get the story out? And so. For the past 18 months, I've been pretty much right here uh, in my living room um, telling stories, which is crazy all over the world. I mean, I've reached out to people in Haiti uh, when they had just natural disasters happening, their president being assassinated. I'm talking to people. I'm still connecting with people all over the world. Um, I was able to still travel a little bit. I was in Louisville for Breonna Taylor. Right. Uh, March. I went back to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Minneapolis. Uh, one year after George Floyd. So I've been able to go a couple of different places. But whether I'm here in my living room, just reaching out to people, or I'm on the road, it's just like how can I tell the most impactful story? And I think it's really about understanding understanding what that story is and what what is needed. Right. Some stories are best just written. Some stories really need a visual component. And so just really understanding what's really needed. And you mentioned the metaverse NFTs. I mean, every day you log on to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's something new, right? What is Web3? What is this? What is that? (laughs) Um, 2022, you talked about increase. And I think people, specifically Black people, are trying to figure out how can I get to the bag? And I think for some people, last year might have been the PPP loans. And I think now folks are really trying to figure out What's this NFT game, right? And how can I get into it? Now, I'm still a beginner, but I also understand people are creating content that you can buy in this like ulterior world, right? This metaverse. And it's right. like the more people they get to buy into it, the more real it's going to become. 
And I realized this, and that's like with anything in life, right? The reason why we hold the dollar so true is because we all believe it's valuable. And so the same thing goes with NFT. So the more they push content, the more everyone's like, I need to get it, it's going to become more valuable. But if we're like, you know what, I'm, I'm good off that, it's not going to be that big of a thing. It's just as, it's just as much about hype. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. that's that's not the, the, the most popular term for it, but building a buzz around something because currency, the value of currency is what we decide it is, right? Exactly. Money only has, paper money like only has power because we give it power. Diamonds exactly. are diamonds are the most valuable gemstone in terms of what we value from a level of importance or significance because we make it so. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, you're right. Like be, becoming a novice or, or, or wading into those different fields is just expanding your mind and expanding your palate in regards to what's out there for people of color in regards to wealth and just creating a different quality of life for yourself. Because all we've ever really been told is minimum wage, middle class, 40 acres in a mule, reparations. Like it's kind of just a regurgitation of the same thing as we that we've been being fed for so long. Um and now that again, with you as a as a pillar of it, black people in culture, uh, black people in content creation uh is on the rise and with content, with seeing faces like yours and mine, there's a level of responsibility to get that information out there in the street. So kudos to you um in regards to holding it down for us. In terms of giving us that news, I had Doma T. Pongo from MTV on the show a little while ago. A uh, real good friend of mine, Simone D. Sanders, obviously has been occupying the space. Um, she just got a new show on um, Peacock. Shout out to Simone. Mm-hmm. But it's it's faces like yours and influences like yours and Simone's and Doma T's that we need in order to kind of continue to give us, you know, the word on the street in terms of how we can go from this space to that space. Uh, and, yeah, and it's giving a level of legitimacy uh, to the black dollar and to the black space. So, uh, but I ain't gonna let you off the hook though. Why you here? I know you're a Syracuse, a Syracuse grad, Newhouse grad. Um, yep. So coming from a Big East school, we're gonna talk a little bit of sports uh, today. I hope I hope I ain't, ain't sandbag you, sabotage you. Um, before we <laughs> before we get off into it, I want to let y'all know that we everywhere that podcast live: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all of that. Make sure y'all hit us up in the YouTube. This video's in your phone right now. Make sure y'all check us out on the socials. The Hitman Podcast on Instagram, labeled and on on Instagram. Hit us up in the mailbag with any questions for me or for Keith today. Uh, the Hitman Podcast at gmail.com. You heard? With Yo, that- real quick, I do want to. I want to throw one. Throw one more thing out there. That's cool. Throw it. Um, throw it. Yeah, because I think as much as NFT, the metaverse. Yes, it's a lot of hype, right? Supply and demand. That's how you get anything to be something. Word, but. I think it's a real opportunity and I think it's worth, you know, your listeners to really take a hard look at what are NFTs? What is this cryptocurrency? Does Agreed. it work for me? I would never advise anyone if you don't have it, you know, don't spend your last dollar on trying to figure it out. But if you have a little bit of extra money, throw it in there and figure it out. Because for so long, as you mentioned, black people were told no to this, no for that or criminalized on things. Right. Um, in 2021, I think $24 billion was made from marijuana. And yet it's people like you and me who are in jail for the rest of their lives because of Here it. Here we are. And there's so many corporations making so much money off of it. Same with alcohol and so many other things. So it seems like for a lot of people, there's excitement around this whole crypto space because finally we can kind of get <clears throat> in on the ground floor or something. So it's definitely something to look into, check out. 
Uh, like I said, I don't, I'm not an expert on it, but I know you can kind of build, you, you know, create your own wallet and just kind of play around with things. But um, right now, I know Bored Apes and, and different uh, NFTs are really buzzing. So Boom, just uh, look that up and I think you'll find some interesting things there. You make a lot of good points, man. I think it's just it's it's just as much about anything else as a cultural thing. We, mm-hmm. we in particular, don't trust what's not a sure thing. What's not in our hand, we can't exactly. feel it, we can't touch it, we can't <laughs> process it. It's just as much as anything when it comes to real estate investment, when it comes to stocks. When it comes to mm-hmm. even now, like, on a lower level, we're going to get into the sneaker rundown, but just what sneakers do in terms of aftermarket mm-hmm. sale, now everybody's getting into sports betting. Sports betting just became legal in, in New York City a week and a half Crazy. ago. FanDuel is going galactic. You feel what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's one of those things where if I can comprehend it, if I can, if it's if it's tangible, if I can see it in my hands or I can imagine it in my hands, I can grasp that concept, then I'm all in. A lot of times when it mm-hmm. comes to cryptocurrency, when it comes to stocks, when it comes to NFTs, these things are, are beyond our realm of comprehension comprehension because it's not taught in the hood it's not taught in ps right, right? it's not taught in public schools are we, are we gonna get there you feel like do you feel oh, like we'll get to absolutely. a point where okay you feel, okay one thousand percent i i, I mm-hmm. can't remember the young lady's name that you that you interviewed a couple of weeks ago uh but she wrote a children children's book about exactly. teaching her teaching young brown and black girls about uh the importance of investing in cryptocurrency that's groundbreaking stuff that's something that i'm gonna tell my daughter about that's not something that was in our textbooks or in our children's books when we were coming up so Teaching financial literacy, especially at an early age, now you're going from teaching your daughter or your son about allowance to teaching them about, hey, this is what gener- generational wealth can start. It doesn't have to just start when you become an adult and getting that job out of college. You can start that from your piggy bank right now. That's groundbreaking stuff, man. It is. And that's information yeah. that a lot of times kids that are of a different ilk, a different, up- a different upbringing, a different socioeconomical status, they're being taught the importance of money very early on while we're teaching our kids about colors and what's their favorite food or their favorite shoe, right? You're you're teaching that uh, consumerism. Whereas mm-hmm. the people on the other side of the fence are being taught, this is how you get that money out of their pockets and into your pocket. You feel what I'm saying? So it's just another conduit in, ter- in terms of creating a better quality of life. And I definitely think now our eyes are opening and our young black folks are becoming more and more conscious each and every day. So we're going to get there and we're going to get that faster than you think. Because think about it, bro. Kids is using cell phones, using smartphones now. Like when you and me was that age, you and I was that age, we was thinking about big wheels going outside. <laughs> these kids is these kids can teach you how That's to program they could teach you how to create production if they really want to. It's YouTube stars that's half our age, a third of our age. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 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 I'm excited to see what the future holds for, for you know, tomorrow's leaders. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where you, you apprehensive in regards to your ability to teach, not their ability to learn. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. You scared? I, I'm a bit scared because. I don't know how far they can take it. They've already taken stuff so right. further than what I could have imagined. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I I I think the future is bright for us, bro. One thousand percent. That's a fact, and it's so scary to think when something good comes along, it's, it feels like only a matter of time before it turns to evil, right? I mean, you got the Apple AirTags. Yeah, Apple AirTags was supposed to be something so you could find your phone, find your keys, and now they out here using it to. <laughs> they slipping you know, them in women's purses. People. You heard? They slipping yeah, them in people's purses crazy. at the happy hour, following them home. I just, yeah. I was just in Charlotte last week, and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine where there was a situation that happened at her, um, at her apartment complex. A ver- mm. The very same thing. The guys uh, followed these chicks home, slipped the Apple crazy. tag in one of their purses that he met, and and you know it's it's scary that that like you said with with. 
It's cliche. I just got through watching Spider-Man. I don't know why it keeps sticking in my head, but with great power comes great responsibility. And if you bastardize power um, mm-hmm. to leverage it for money or to leverage it for influence as opposed to the, the, the betterment of society, it can become a scary thing, man. We look, Let's stay here for a second. We're going to get to sports in a minute. Everybody know how we get down. Um, let me ask you a question. So I was, I was mm-hmm. listening to uh, an excerpt from a sermon from uh, Pastor Candace Simpson. Shout out to Candace. Uh, she brought up a point over the weekend about my Angelou being put on okay. the quarter, right? Mm-hmm. She said it's 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 not 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 disparaging my Angelou at all. She's a pioneer. Mm-hmm. She's she's a luminary in our community and in our culture. Um, but there are better ways to acknowledge her and her efforts for us, especially when when you think about it, it's kind of uh, ironic and can be viewed as insulting that Maya Angelou is, her image is being put on the quarter when at some point in this country, black folks were being used as physical currency. Absolutely. You feel what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. not to mention the fact that we still ain't got our tub, our, our, our tub dubs. You feel me? We, we still don't have exactly. our Harriet Tubman 20s. Um, they promised them, them, them joints came and went. But it's just one of those things where like, in a world where the black vote is sought after you you spoke about it a little uh, earlier where we're going to be in the midterms and every time they need our help they come out to try to placate to the black vote um but then when we try to hold folks accountable for what are you going to do for this vote you know we gave y'all we gave y'all our support now you need to come out in droves and do what you promised and a lot of times we're left holding the bag and um a situation like that with Maya Angelou and it was a limited series it's not like it's going to be her it's it was saluting uh, a plethora of women and Maya Angelou just happened to be the first one but right. it's it's, it's kind of like they was expecting us to throw a ticket tape parade and shoot fireworks off of that it's like nah that's cool but we've been celebrating right. Maya Angelou we've been asking for mm-hmm. statues we've been you know singing her praises and showing up to the African American Museum in DC and, and, and showing our love if this is the best that we can get it's like mm, this is cool but like we ain't really finna be doing backflips for that mm-hmm no, everything you said, I mean, it's crazy. I was actually just looking back. I wrote something actually last year, January, on Harriet Tubman because, once again, as much as, I don't know, U.S. Treasury or whoever's idea came up with it, they're like, yo, Black people celebrate this. And for the most part, to be honest, like far and wide, Black people were like, we did not ask for this, right? Because to put any monetary value on any person is crazy, right? Oh, D. You put Harriet on the $20 bill, and it's like, yo, why couldn't she be on the $100 bill? Right, you put Maya on the twenty-five cent, like put her on the two-dollar coin, make up a coin. Right? Especially, especially, day, especially when coins are becoming decirculated. Like we're going, right. we're into the digital space. People tap their cars, they tap their watch to pay for stuff. Y'all gonna give us a coin? Right. Like what? Who uses quarters right. anymore? Except for when you going to do your laundry, <laughs> the you feel laundry mat, right? <laughs> or Literally, the arcade or something. Week. So you feel, so so we on the same type of time, bro. We on the same page with it. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, and I think I think that's just being black in America. Right. I, I know you got probably black listeners and all, all different types of folks who listen to this podcast. And I think being black in America is the craziest concept. Right. Like I look at black police officers and I'm like, wow, like you're really a police officer. Like the same, you know, it came from slave trades and people literally trying to hunt down slaves. And now you're an officer. You're doing that. Right. right? And there's just so many different occupations and this and that. And it's like, 
as black people, I want us to do whatever the F we want to do, right? But at the same time, like just knowing the history is so much, it gets so complicated. Um, but yeah, like instead of, you know, the 25 cents, the $20, like let's start figuring out a way to actually get black people some kind of reparations. Um, I think people have been asking for that. They've been showing why we deserve it. So start there. But it just feels like instead of doing that, we just kind of keep getting the end around. Like, oh, wait, we'll give you this. Oh, we'll give you that. Like, we didn't we didn't ask for that. So and don't you feel don't you and don't you feel don't you feel a little bit more American when this comes your way? Like that's the message. <laughs> like, cause they want you to buy into Americana, but mm-hmm. hey man. Look, we on the same type of time. I'm just trying yeah, to, I'm yeah. just trying to make sure life is my quality of life is good. I don't want nobody threatening my my beliefs. I'm not going to threaten yours. We could go all day and night about this situation. But my thing is like, not sounding like a petulant child, but we we deserve a little bit more than that. A lot more than that. that oh, absolutely. That's just, that's just where I'm coming from. Y'all know how we do this shit, though, man. Let's get off into the show. Let's get off into sports for a little bit and get away from that foolishness. We're going to start with the Woo of the Bams. Um, we full-fledged into Wild Card Weekend. Playoff football is underway. I just, like I said, I'm fresh fresh off a of bird. I was in L.A. last night. Um, checked out the Rams, giving the paintbrush to the Cardinals. Odell Beckham, first touchdown in the postseason. He even threw a touchdown. Uh, he, threw a, he threw a pass. Yeah. Um, fucked a bunch of people fan duel up last night. They take the win. They, they demolish uh, the Cardinals in the NFC West matchup. This was the third time they played this season. Um... And they earned a one-way trip to uh to Tampa Bay to take on the King. You feel me? Going to take on Tom Brady next week in the divisional playoffs. I know you're not a big football guy, man, um, Keith, but just talk about, if you can, like Tom Brady's dominance. He's been in and out of championships. The, him and LeBron are kind of like parallel in that regard. They've been in, yeah. in and out of the championship conversation since you was a kid, since you was in high yeah. school. I remember watching Tom Brady in the Super Bowl when I was in High school. I'm a grown man with a with a kid right. now. You feel me? Yeah. And, and and he's getting ready to go back down that road to try to get his eighth ring. Me being mm-hmm. from Chicago, it, it kind of hurt my heart a little bit because he already got more rings than Mike. But now <laughs> it's like, damn, eight? Like That's I don't even know. I don't even we can't even be top dogs no more. I don't even know how to handle it. But um growing up in Jersey, like who did you follow football like that when you was coming up? Yeah, yeah. I, I was a Giants fan growing up my entire life. Still to this day, you know, Tiki Barber, um, yeah, Michael Strahan, Strahan, obviously Eli for for a while, and even Amani Toomer. And we had we had Odell for a minute. Um, I think honestly, the storyline that was setting up is actually really beautiful, right? We had earlier in the season, Odell was in a bad place. You know, things wasn't going well. His father posting on Instagram talking about, you know, they're missing all these passes. And so he ends up on the team, he balls out last game. Right. Then you got Tom Brady. Um, you know, as great as he is, he's also probably one of the most hated players in the league just because he is so great, so dominant. That was me. I think I saw a post today that said he's older than every defensive coordinator left uh, in the postseason, which is crazy, right? Speaking of his age, but he keeps performing, right? And I think even if you hate LeBron, you hate MJ, you have to respect their game. And I think the same thing goes with Brady. So me personally, as a specifically a lifelong Giants fan, 
I hate the Patriots, right? I hate everything the Patriots stand for, right? Talk about America and Americana, right? And Tom Brady, even though he's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whole another team, he's still a Patriot, right? And then, you know, he aligned himself with Trump at one, one, one uh, point in time. And so I can't get that out of my head, but I respect what he does on the field, in and out, right? I mean, you had the Antonio Brown fiasco a couple weeks and they're still performing, still, still winning. Still moving, so church on the move, think, for sure. you know, Odell, Tom Brady, you know, is clashing, right? In some ways, it almost reminds me of like Jake Paul versus whoever black guy he's he's facing, right? It's 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 almost like of the week, yeah. Black, um, you know, who's gonna come out on top? But Tom Brady is amazing, right? I don't like him personally, but as an athlete, as a as just a winner, you can't argue. You cannot argue, and. Um, what he's done is really incredible. What he's in his forties now, still just killing it. Um, I think that goes just to speak to that overall wellness, taking care of your body. But I mean, what he's doing is really dynamic. So shout outs to him. I had my boy MG on the show last week, and we was talking about vampires, and I forgot them too. Uh, you mentioned Tom Brady; he's looked the same way for about twenty years, and Michael Strahan too. Michael Strahan been looking the same. He been looking <laughs> out age since he was, you know, what I'm saying probably 15, 16 years old. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I'll bring that to your attention later. It was just something that we was talking about last week. But yeah, man, the Rams and the Bucks moving on. I think I got Tampa Bay going uh to the NFC championship again. Um it's to be it's determined. Hard to bet against Tom Brady. How you gonna bet against him? I mean, I do it still. <laughs> <laughs> I do it still. I'm be honest with you. I do it still. The same way I bet against LeBron. It's just I can't mm. I I just can't get it out of my head, bro. Like I feel you. I was talking about LeBron yesterday, like when he broke his <laughs> hand and Never mind. We'll get we'll get to the NBA in a second. <laughs> the winner of LA and Tampa Bay is going to take on the winner of the next game that I want to talk about, which is going to be San Francisco heading up to Green Bay, take on Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers looked like he's locked in to win back to back MVPs. He was named to the NFL's All Pro team earlier this week, fourth time in his career, I believe. Um, they not, they locked up the number one seed in the NFC early. The 49ers coming off the game against the Cowboys that they did every they did everything in their power to try to lose it. And the Cowboys just did a little bit more to give it up at the crib. Um, mm-hmm. this should be a paintbrush. This should be this should be a spanking, like a public beating out in Green Bay. And I've been up there to that stadium. I've been to those games in the snow. It's nothing nice, especially for a California team. Jimmy Garoppolo's a Chicago guy, but I don't think that I think this game is gonna be over before halftime between you and me. Wow. That's interesting. I, did, I I don't think about the other factors outside of the actual gameplay, but like the cold, the air quality, all of that. But I think everything you said is right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, once again, another guy I think people love to hate. I think after the whole COVID fiasco, um, it was just like, man, this guy. But he is a winner, right? He goes out there. He performs. You know, the team is solid and yeah, the 49ers, I mean, it's crazy. So many Cowboys fans are still hurt to this day. Salt I mean, that daddy, was... <laughs> salt dog, you feel me? Um, yeah, but I, I think out the two, it, it seems like Green Bay, they just, they want it a little more right now. They're, they're poised to uh, do what they got to do, but, you know, they have to come and perform. I think that's at the end of the day. And they rested. What is that? Right. Bro. Which is a good thing or possibly a bad thing. So I just got a text from my from my OG, from my mm-hmm. mama. <laughs> nah, she was like, I'm I'm hungry. I really want some taco. What's she say? No, nah, what did she say? I gotta read this right. It's like your mind playing tricks on you. 
She goes, I want a sandwich. I really want a sandwich. You know what I ain't had in a long time? Chipotle. They don't make sandwiches at Chipotle. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> People be old. People just be old. Anyway, anyway, she throwing me off from the People. show. I'm trying to do my show. Mama, damn. People be old. That's yeah, crazy. man. Uh, anywho. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady running it back for the NFC Championship. You bet every game. week? No, 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 no. I don't bet oh, every no. week. I'm just, okay. again, like, I work in sports. I'm, I just, like I said, I was at the Rams game last night. I was mm -hmm. in Philly last week checking out the Cowboys blew out Philly. 52, mm -hmm. to, 52 to something in Philly. So I'm like, all right, they, they going to be at the crib. They definitely right. going over. Bro, they did everything they could to 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 get out of that game. Um, Cedric Wilson had a terrible play, a, a lateral play. They was trying to do all the trick plays and stuff. Not only that, but the Cowboys... You hear the term all the time now, keeping it P, right? Everybody trying to keep mm -hmm. it P. The Cowboys yeah, definitely yeah. kept it P, as in penalized. They had over, <laughs> they had over 100 yards and penalties, either resulting in a first down for the 49ers or resulting in a first down being taken away from them. You feel what I'm saying? So they did everything in their power to keep it away, like keep the win out of their hands. They 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 was throwing into the sun. I don't know if you caught any of the game, but like the stadium, they had the roof open and the sunlight mm -hmm. was coming in to where they couldn't even see it. So they was losing the ball in the sunlight. And then, of course, everybody knows what happened at the end of the draw play that left them with no time on the clock. That was a terrible right. cause in itself, and people have been trying to explain it away. People have been trying to make excuses for them. They were in the media, in the press conferences, talking about, yeah, the refs got in our way, and then when they made a bad call, they disappeared into the night. No, it shouldn't even got to that point. If you if mm -hmm. you supposed to be a big dog, y'all supposed to blew the 49ers out. They was already coming in injured. They don't want the quarterback. They drafted the quarterback number three overall last year. Mm -hmm. And y'all let them and y'all let them beat y'all. So I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to Green Bay. I, I I know you you can't really discount these teams, LA or San Francisco, but I'm looking forward to the rematch in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady for the rights to go back to LA for Ooh. the Super Bowl. Speaking of which, have you been hearing the rumors that they might move the Super Bowl to Dallas because of the COVID protocols out in LA? Wow. No, I have not, but I would not be surprised. I think they just moved, what, the Grammys to Las Vegas? And so it seems like everybody is just moving to try to keep things going, which, you know, I, I get it. Um, but just knowing that it's even disproportionately affecting us as black people, that's the part that I'm like, ah. They said Dr. You know, Dre might be losing. Go. They said Dr. Dre might be losing all this bread because he put a bunch of money into the stage. You know, he's supposed to be the headliner right. for the halftime oh, wow. show. Him, Snoop, Mary J, Eminem, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. You know, you don't get paid to perform at the Super Bowl. It's really about exposure and about right. a, making a cultural difference. And the fact that they may be moving it from SoFi to AT&T wow. Stadium. I don't see I don't see why he so couldn't still the, perform. What's the protocols right now out there? I don't even know. Like they, act, they had a game. We you had know, the game. We did. had the game yesterday. We had the fans that were yesterday. No masks on, obviously. Right. Um, <laughs> I, which is insane to me, but um, mm -hmm. you had to show you had to show a, a vaccination for us at least for our staff. We had to show vaccinations in terms of getting in and out of the building, being on the grounds. So I don't know. Maybe it is just rumor, but that was one of the things that they were talking about. And Dr. Dre mm -hmm. had to show his displeasure because he's not just coming regular. You know, Dr. Dre coming right, right. coming with They've a full about this for a minute. No, he's coming with a full sound stage, a full experience. If if it don't sound right, it ain't right. You know, Dr. Dre, he's all about the beat. So if it ain't if it ain't sounding right, I ain't coming out. I ain't performing, and that's supposed to be a performance for the. Hey, you talking about the next episode? Right. 
uh uh Jen and Juice. You talking still Dre? You know they coming out with the six four on 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 hydraulics. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, yeah. we ain't heard from Kendrick Lamar in forever. He probably been in the cryo chamber getting his album together. So you know it's gonna be amazing. Mm. Snoop, Mary J, Eminem. It was supposed to have been on fire, and hopefully Crazy. it still will be. So it's just mm. one of them things where a great game with with a top contender on top of that halftime show. For it to be taken away from LA, brand new stadium, brand new experience. It would be a shame, but I I, I think that they're gonna stand pat. I think it's gonna end up working out. Um on the AFC side of things, the Bengals, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, they took out the Raiders. Um, another game that was filled with penalties and mistakes. Um, Joe Burrow had that one-legged touchdown that they tried to call back. Bad officiating, but they did what they supposed to do. Got that first playoff win in 31 years. You how old? How old? You just turned 30, right? I just turned 30. So your yeah. whole life you went without the Bengals <laughs> winning a game. You feel what I'm saying? You right. living in history right now, big dog. Right. And then and then on the other side of things, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs got big being ass up out of here finally. They weren't even supposed oh, yeah. to be in the playoffs, but they 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 took them down at home. Um I'm thinking it's, it's gonna crazy. Be- every time, every time you mention someone, like I just think of like something they did. In their personal life, which I understand it shouldn't necessarily always come, but Big Ben, he need to be up out of here. Like he got too many allegations. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Yeah, it's time he needs to go sit down. (laughs) He needs to go sit down. (laughs) He needs to go sit down. Straight up and down. Um, but Kansas City moving on. Um, mm-hmm. they're taking on the Buffalo Bills, who who knocked out the Patriots, who we just talked about. Bill Belichick. Buffalo, Buffalo. I think they could be a sleeper. I mean, they got so many fans. The fans are hungry. Shout out Griselda, the Butcher Conway. You feel me? Right. They big they, supporters. Bills Mafia. Big, big, big in the music scene, and they they hungry right now. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes is just the wonder kid and whatnot. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills surprise some folks because um. They they want they want to win they want to win, yeah man I wouldn't be surprised if they took it all the way but I also wouldn't be surprised if they fail miserably because they've been an up and down <laughs> team all year Stephon Diggs ain't yeah. had a touchdown I don't know how Diggs, long yeah his his brother He's outshined old, him this year He's an all man. pro with with leading led the league in interceptions for a little while so I don't I don't really know the other thing is uh, the Bills and Chiefs both playing cold weather cities Kansas City has snow right now Buffalo was OD a couple weeks ago when they were on Monday Night Football. <laughs> They had snow everywhere, swirling winds everywhere. It's hard to even function in that, let alone play football in that. So right. um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs caught fire at the right time. I think they're going to make this their third consecutive year playing in the Super Bowl. And Pat Mahomes is out for blood because of how they went out against Tampa Bay last year. This low-key could be Tom Brady's last season. People are not talking about it. They're just setting it as automatic. But let's not forget he's a 44 on his way to being a 45-year-old man. You feel me? It could be one hit away, one bad play away, That's one so Super Bowl crazy. loss away. At some point, like man, I'm tired of losing the Super Bowl. He don't won as much as he done lost. So um mm. we'll we'll keep it locked in and see what goes on with that. Um last thing I want to talk about in the NFL bands before we move on to the NBA. And this is definitely a big part of a big reason why I got you on the show. David Cully was just let go as a head coach of the Houston Texans. Um, after one season, given the Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. debacle, um, the NFL now is down to one, one African-American mm-hmm. coach, not to mention zero owners of color um, in the league. But they're down to one, Mike Tomlin, who's probably not just the only African-American coach, but one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL period. So had it not been for his continued success in Pittsburgh, he's never had a losing season 
since he became the head coach in Pittsburgh, uh, being being alongside Ben Roethlisberger and including a Super Bowl win and a Coach of the Year award some time ago, we could very well be looking at a league where there are zero African-American head coaches. And it took for Mike Tomlin to overachieve, to over-exceed expectations in right. the league where there have been coaches that have had losing records and have had second and third chances. Uh, Philbin in Dallas, who's a defensive coordinator I can think of as one. He was the head coach in, in Miami. Didn't get it done. Brian Flores is out now. Uh, he's one of the hot candidates. That was a big surprise. Yeah, he's one of he's one of the hot names on on the on the wire to become a head coach elsewhere. The Chicago Bears, I know, are lining up as one of the candidates for him, as as well as Byron Leftwich, who has been money everywhere he's gone, including being an offensive coordinator out in Tampa. He used to play in Jacksonville. They gave Urban Meyer a chance, who's never had any NFL experience. Uh, but I said all that to say, bro, a league where we only have one. NFL coach who's African American representation. There's something wrong there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything is wrong with it. You know, I think I think there's the immediate frustration, like you know, with a league. I actually looked it up the other day. It's like the league is 66 or something percent. I was black. just about to say you took you know? the words out of my head and exactly. So, yeah, I mean, with a with a league 66 percent black, there's literally no excuse, right? You could say everything you want, and then you got guys like. I don't even know the guy's name, the head coach of the Eagles. I remember when he did a press, his Sirianni. first press conference. Was he was awful. He just sounded Awful. Dumb. Remedial. You know? I, yeah, I went in Remedial. on him when, they, when, they, when he had that. We played the clip here when he first got hired, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mike Tomlin, there was another, you know, stat floating around. I think he's never had a losing season, you know, which is unheard of. And it, and it makes it feel as though the bar is you cannot lose. Out right? of here. And you think about all these coaches who have, you know, not only do they have so many losing seasons, but they lose a job and then they end up somewhere else, right? And then I'm thinking of Lynch from the 49ers who was like a player and I don't know became like a GM. An executive, right. And I'm like, wait, we have to go and be a high school coach, a college coach, work our way up, be the equipment manager to hopefully get a chance to become a scout, defensive coordinator, all Belichick, this stuff. And it's like, how about the fact that Bill Belichick has both of his sons on his staff? Right. I mean, that's just how it goes. So... It's so there's the frustration. There's the it's so obvious that it's wrong. Like we're going to go beyond that. And then it comes to me. It's like, at what point do you keep expecting something different from someone that continues to do the same thing over and over? Right. We wanted so much to come from Kaepernick. Nothing really happened. Right. we got the racial justice coalition with Jay-Z. Got a couple hot performances. Cool. All that. But the NFL really is all about the money. And so with these owners that have no, you know, no one's holding them accountable who do, they don't have to answer to anybody, right? And then it's it's actually wild, and I don't like to always go there, but that's the way my mind works. You have all these black players with white owners and white coaches. It really is like slavery 3.0, right? It's different. You're getting paid, but you have to do what you got to do. If you don't play injured, i.e. Brown and whoever else, it was a, a player last night in the L.A. game who said he didn't even want to get um, a steroid shot because... Tyrod Taylor got his what lung punctured, and so he's like, punctured. "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, yeah. And so it's just crazy seeing all this happen. There's another player who just got arrested for running in a kid's. Um, did you see that? There was a a, a a player. I don't even know what team. Twenty five year old black dude who got arrested for running up in a kid's facility butt naked. And so there's all this CTE happening all this trauma yeah. and we can't even become head coaches. It's it's really disgusting to me. Um, and Florida's will end up 
fine, but the fact that let's even say there's two, and g- given the job, he thirty two teams, you know, one head one head coach, with the possibility of maybe three or four with Eric Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich, Brian Flores getting back in. Yeah, three. Even Byron, Byron is the heart and soul of that team, and it's taken him to outperform to even get a look. You know what I mean? And and half these coaches probably never played a lick of football in their life. Stop that pee wee. Right, you got all these qualified black coaches. It's really frustrating. It's another example of where we are in the country and how we have to work in every field, including sports, which we dominate. Yeah. Um, but I guess here's the hoping for the future. You know, that's gonna do it for the NFL bands. Again, make sure y'all hit us Ruba, up Ruba, on the socials, Instagram at Hitman Podcast at Labeled and All. Hit us up in the mailbag, the Hitman Podcast at gmail.com. Let's talk NBA a little bit, man. Some of the game's brightest stars, uh, as we're right at the midway point of the season, taking huge, significant blows. KD out four to six weeks with an MCL sprain. Zach Levine from the Bulls, number one in the league with a bullet. He's also out with an MCL sprain. Um, This is not the right time for for folks to be going down. Draymond is out for the Warriors right when they got Clay back. Um, it's It's just one of those things where Right when the league is getting healthy and it's becoming mm-hmm. must-see TV night after night after night, boom, you get hit with an injury. Boom, you get hit with a COVID, COVID outage. Boom, you get hit with uh, low management. We still haven't seen Ben Simmons. We still haven't seen Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they just announced Anthony Davis is out for the Lakers for another three weeks. Paul George <laughs> is out for another couple of weeks. And it's just like, man, we are dragging ourselves limping across the finish line for the past three years when it comes to the NBA. Um, And it's one of those things where you and I both are are avid NBA NBA fans. I just hate to see the league in the way way that it is. Now, for the sake of argument, and I hate that it's like this, but when you talk about the owners, governors, whatever you want to describe them as, it's hard for you as a Marquise Francis who says, hey, I'm leading the Knicks in scoring. I'm I'm filling Madison Square Garden with seats. I want $120 million, but you only played 50 out of 82 games because you were unhealthy. You caught COVID. You didn't want to play this night or that night because, oh, we playing, hell, Memphis, or we playing (laughs) Sacramento. I'm not playing tonight, right? Mm -hmm. What is the state of the league right now when it comes to injuries and star players not making those towns? Do for you as a fan, does that make you fall more or less out of love with wanting to watch the NBA night in, night out. It, personally, it doesn't make me fall out of love. It, it's just unfortunate. I'm a Knicks fan, right? Word. So for the most part, the Knicks is okay. I know Derrick Rose has been out a minute, but y'all got Kevin Knox up out of that all the other night. Y'all got Cam got Reddish. Kevin Knox, you we heard? got Cam Reddish, which is crazy because there's a clip that they keep showing of like um, a bunch of these high school top high school guys and when Anthony was in high school it was like yo who's the toughest dude you need to guard and they all answered Cam, Cam Reddish so now we got him so I'm, I'm kind of hyped but you know besides Derrick Rose I mean this gives an opportunity for Emmanuel quickly to step up and all these other young guys the rookies um, dude out of Houston and West Virginia to step up so I'm cool personally I understand the league is, is down at the Lakers I mean you want the Knicks and the Lakers to be good right the Lakers are just out of sorts Anthony Davis hasn't played Westbrook is throwing the ball to the back of the backboard. Public you know, enemy nice number one. He had a great game last night, though. He but. had a nice dunk. He had a nice posterized last night. But mm-hmm. you got you got LeBron out here on Twitter apologizing on behalf of the team. It's getting that bad. 
Um, That's after Magic came out and called them out, though. He kind of had to do that. Ma Magic came out and said, no effort, no sense of urgency. And LeBron, you already know the PR the PR monster. He was like, nah, we got to right. step out in front of this. Because Russell came out and kind of dismissed it. He's like, yeah, Magic's entitled to his opinion. Of course he is. <laughs> he's he's right. an icon, not just for the Lakers, <laughs> but for the NBA. Like, he bridged the gap when it came to the NBA being must-see TV, him and Larry Bird. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I can say whatever I want to say when it comes <laughs> to the Lakers, dog. And you in my spot. I was the, po I was the point guard. You the point right. guard. So, LeBron was like, nah, we need to handle this a little bit better than that because Magic Johnson still got some stroke around, you feel me, around the arena. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I mean, I think overall, though, it's funny because you mentioned, obviously, for the NBA, for, for filling the seats, for, for selling out all the money. This is the terrible time. But it also makes me feel like, is this a good thing for later on in the season? Right. Come playoff times. Are you going to get a healthy KD, a healthy Levine, a healthy, you know, Clay working his way back up? And so obviously, I think it's almost like even the stock market. You hate to see when it's down, but it's actually the best time to buy. And so I wonder, is this actually a positive for the longevity of the league, right? You make a point. You Kawhi make a point there. Apparently, yeah, Kawhi is ahead of schedule. He wasn't supposed to play this year. He could now come get 10, 15 games at the end of the season. Now you got him, Paul George, fresh. You know, all the other teams is beat down. So, I mean, definitely, I think from a fan's perspective, you got, you know, Kyrie playing half the games, which is disappointing because he's such a talent. First game out the gate, 20 plus points. Um, but I think it's an opportunity for other guys to step up. That's the amazing thing that I love about it. All these G League players getting an opportunity. Lance Stevenson going off. Um, they had the point guard who played on the Syracuse Summer League TBT team going off. And so you got a lot of guys stepping up, getting an opportunity, which I love. I think um, that's what life should be about, getting an opportunity, rising to the occasion. And so but let me I ask you, but let me ask you, let me let me ask you this though. Just again, mm -hmm. playing devil's advocate. I'm not necessarily yeah, dis yeah. disagreeing with you. If I'm going to Madison Square Garden, you feel yeah, me? Yeah. To see Julius Randle, D. Rose, Obi Toppin, and RJ. Mm -hmm. And I pay for a hundred level ticket, seven fifty mm -hmm. a ticket. And instead of Julius Randle, D-Rose, Obi Toppin, <laughs> RJ, I get whoever. You feel what I'm whoever saying? Whoever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I getting a fair shake as a Knicks fan? Because if I don't come to the game, if I watch it on MSG, if I watch it on Yes, Julius Randle can get in a press conference and go, yeah, we're not getting the support from the fans that, you know, we would need, you know, y'all, we feed off y'all energy. We need y'all to come to the arena. We need y'all to da 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 But when I come to see y'all play the Pacers or I come to see y'all play LeBron or the Nets when they come across the city and you choose to not play or you injured or you hurt, should I still be responsible for paying that $700, $850 for that ticket? Should I still be responsible for paying that $250, $300 for your jersey when you not playing? Should it not be discounted? Should I not get a different price for that game? Because it's not a marquee game. It's not the Warriors. It's not the Lakers. 100%. It's not, you feel what I'm saying? And a lot of times people go, well, the team is the team is the team is the team is the team. Are you going to support that team or are you supporting a player? Because a lot of times that argument comes up. Well, I ain't a fan of the Lakers. I'm a fan of LeBron. Well, I ain't a fan of the Nets. I'm a fan of KD. Well, I ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, the line has to be drawn because the bottom line is still the bottom line. A dollar is a dollar, or it's <laughs> like I, I, I know I sound like I'm stomping on somebody, some old man's lawn. But my thing is like, is a dollar not a dollar if it's four quarters? Is a dollar not a dollar if it's ten dimes? It's still a dollar. 
But right. what's the value of that dollar? Like, am I getting the best product that you all can possibly put out? No. And a lot of times they go, well, we should shorten the season. We should, we should uh put less back-to-backs on TV. But you still want your same 120 million. You still want mm-hmm. your same chip and dip commercials. You still want your same State Farm <laughs> and Kia. You feel what I'm saying? That's just yeah. that's just where I'm at with it. Um, these teams that are being trotted out with different lineups, they they put a stat up the other night for was it the Warriors? It's either the Warriors or the Mavericks. They don't put up they, last season. They had a different starting lineup like eighty five percent of the time, eighty five percent of the season. <laughs> but you're still charging yeah. me the same price. But it's not the same team every night. So that's just that's just my sense. I mean, listen. So to answer your question, are you as a fan? Are you getting a fair shake? Absolutely, absolutely not. And then it's almost just like it is what it is, right? I mean, it, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy, but it's like, you know, I don't, what's your favorite restaurant? I'm a bird, Maggiano. <laughs> Maggiano, okay. Right, so you. I just love, 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 I love the two for one. <laughs> Call me basic, whatever. Fuck y'all. I love the fact that I can he eat my pasta. I can eat my <laughs> pasta at the spot, and then I can take one home and give me the Godfather feel. It's good wine, good time, and it's cheap. Right, right. So it, it depends on it depends on the waiter you get, but you go there, you pay your thirty dollars or whatever it is for that meal. You, right. you enjoy it, cool. You go the next time and it's just not hitting. Right. You know, some people are gonna say, "Yo, give back my money." Some people are just gonna be like, "Yo, it was a bad night and just I gotta eat it." And so I kind of just feel like the NBA is kind of like that, where it's like, "Damn, like I did want to see Obi Toppin play, and now I got this guy that Texas nobody knows their name, but it's just like." I mean, I was still there, so I don't know. It's it's just weird times. I mean, it's crazy because we're still in COVID. Like, we're still in COVID. We're in a pandemic, and I just feel like people are acting like, yo, like, times is regular, and it's really not. We outside. So I'm fact, keeping it P. I'm keeping it. Yeah. Nah. It's, it's, it's wild. But I feel you. As a fan, you understandably are upset. Um, but the same way they just keeping things rolling. I mean, nothing's going to stop for a player being hurt, and nothing's going to stop for that fan being hurt. And so... That's just capitalism for you right there. 1,000%. Quick hits. You a Syracuse grad. Syracuse. Syracuse alum. Even though it's been a rough year this year. All sports. True. (laughs) True. You took the words out of my head. I got a game show question for you in a second. But. Okay. I wanted to get your perspective on um, the state of college sports period. Because mm. when the pandemic happened, they completely canceled the tournament, right? Then we went from that to arenas. We'll have the games on TV, but fans can't come to the arenas. Fans can't come to the gyms. And now it looks like we back full We back full boat. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I asked you at the beginning of the show, how, how has COVID affected your travel um, and your ability to even, your ability to do your job as a journalist? Do you think that sports... The sports world in general is moving too fast with getting folks back into these arenas and into these confines, uh, given the fact that we still living in a time where we're going through a pandemic. We still don't have a quote unquote cure. Right. And there are new strands coming up every so often. Every other week, there's a new uh, there's a new strand and there's a new number and a new protocol that we have to work out for. Do you feel that the sports world is speeding past? what our health protocols and what our country is prepared to to deal with on a regular basis. Because a lot of times these places, these events, especially the Super Bowl coming up, they're saying that these could be super spreader events. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That that goes without being said. Um, at, at this point, it's just money over anything. Nobody cares. It's kind of like everyone knows cigarettes kill you, but it's like everyone is smoking on cigarettes every single day. Hookah. I think the biggest issue. <laughs> oh, yeah, hookah too. I think at this point, the biggest issue, you talked about protocols. There's no protocol, like blanket protocol, right? You go to... You know, a New York Knicks game, you need to show your vaccine card to get in. Fact though. You go to a Philadelphia 76ers game, you can walk right in. Right. And so somebody can drive from New York who had COVID, couldn't go to the Knicks game, but I got COVID, but I'm gonna go to that Philadelphia 76ers game. Word, exactly. So there's just issues there. I think we need blanket protocols. And I understand people not wanting to feel like, oh my God, big government is controlling my life. At the end of the day, you're trying to keep people safe. And so how can you do so that's safe and as non-intrusive as possible? And so, and people just got to be honest, right? There's people who are literally hawking up their life, still going out, still not wearing masks. It's just like, people just got to like look out for the next person. And um, I think when it comes to sports, one of the best things they could have did was have people back uh, or have the players back and not have fans. Um, yeah. But I think the fact that they just holistically brought back all the fans, they really don't want it to end. And that's the unfortunate part. Once again, like it goes back to America. America is like a, an amazing place, but it's such an ugly place when you really think about. It's a complicated um, place to live, for sure. It's a very complicated place. And so you can make a lot of money, but you could also stab someone in their back while doing it. And it's One just so percent. wild to think people are doing it constantly. And so sports doesn't care. You know, they don't care. As long as they get their money, they're good. And I think that's the mentality a lot of people have. You know, I've been traveling a lot to Atlanta the past year and a half, and it's totally different in New York. At a time where you couldn't even get a drink after 10 o'clock in New York, clubs open to 4 a.m. in Atlanta. You heard? So it's just, it's just a wild, wild time because there's just not a blanket system that we're all following in every state is doing what they want to do. And so that's just unfortunate. We'll get you out of here on this. Um, you a bit of a podcaster yourself with the Emboldened Podcast. Y'all just wrapped up y'all second season. Um, talk to me a little bit about how it came about, where folks can find it. And if you can, because I know you can't, you can't say who's your favorite kid or who's your favorite player. Tell me, your favorite guest uh, or just the one that had the biggest impact on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So the, the Emboldened Podcast, that's a podcast from an organization I was a part of called the Emma Bowen Foundation, which really helps uh, young students of color and match them with communications organizations. So I, throughout all of college, interned at NBC, got my initial job there. And so they have sponsorships with NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, and the like. So, um, (laughs) yeah, you know, my, my mom always taught me the power of paying it forward. And so with the Emboldened Podcast, it's just an opportunity to allow the students who are, you know, high school age, college, you know, young in college right now to see professionals out there getting after it. Nice. And folks like myself and my co-host Na- Naima, you know, we're products of this organization and this is where you can aspire to get to. And so we've had a, a number of amazing conversations, but one that sticks out is definitely Rachel Scott, who's an ABC uh, correspondent and she's a black woman, Shout out Rachel. AKA killing it. Once again, another product of the organization. And 
she went from a White House correspondent to a congressional correspondent, like everything that you could dream of being if you want to be on news and politics, she is done. And she's like 28 years old, 27, something crazy. Booming. And so just hearing her journey, hearing how hungry she was, how she didn't take no for an answer, how she took every opportunity, whether it was something no one else wanted to do. She said, yes, I'll do it. And seeing to where it got her today, I think that's enough inspiration for anybody to just go after your dreams. That's lit, bro. Y'all just finished our second season. Uh, I don't want to rush you. I, I I went through it. It was fire. Um, I'm still. I'm trying to get hit every episode just to show that support because I know how hard it is to produce a podcast, especially when you're coming from the school of thought where I know nothing about it. I don't know how to get started. I don't know how. You know what I mean? Like I, I what's what's the ins and outs of it? Make sure y'all go check it out if you haven't. It's in your phone right now. The Embolden Podcast. No rundown this week just because there's not a whole lot coming out. We we mentioned the answer for us last week when I had MG on the show. The Eagles colorway. Um, let's get right into the game show because my brother Keith is here. So we're taking it back to the yard. We're taking it back to the to the carrier dome, right? <laughs> game show. So look, I know you remember the six, the, the six overtimes, you heard? Mm-hmm. UConn, Big East. I don't even know. Was you in, nah, that's 09, so you wasn't in school then. Or you might have just been getting ready to go. I just started. Just yeah, started, boy. so you was around. But that was, I think, in the spring, but yes. All right, so boom, you watched it, though. Checked it out, though. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's your question. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Is it true or f- well, ain't true or false? Six overtimes. There were um, a bunch of foul outs in that game. Mm-hmm. A bunch. You got to give me the over-under of how many players fouled out. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Was it over or under five players being fouled out in that game? You got 30 seconds and your time starts now. Use all your time and think about it. Don't just jump out and answer. Well, I mean, I know there was players that wasn't supposed to play that ended up like this dude, Thomas. I actually know his sister, uh, I know Jerry and, and folks fouled. I'm, I'm going to go with over just because I know it was crazy. And I know it was a lot. Um, and they really were down to walk-ons. So Ten I'm going to go over. Ten seconds. I want you to think about it a little bit more before you give me your final answer. And we talking combined or just Syracuse? Talking combined. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely got to be over. I mean, you got two teams, six overtimes. That's crazy. It's got to be something like eight, it. nine. You went over. Okay. It was eight players. Eight. Here we go. Eight players fouled out. And Syracuse had to play the sixth overtime with a walk-on on the lineup who had only scored a total of four points the entire season. But they ended up coming out with the win over the heavily favored UConn Huskies. They had Kimball Walker and Hashim the beat on that team. Um, Check this out. So I don't even think this is like one of those like little known facts. Like I, I was this close to walking on to Syracuse. Like so I went up there. I wasn't necessarily supposed to play. My one of my best friends at the time, he was a manager. He's like, yo, we having tryouts come through. Right. And I, I just knew it was going to be crazy running drills, all that. I was ready. It was a straight scrimmage. 40 people. Jeez. So I was open balling, runs, open runs. Balling, just going crazy, crossover, just whack. So then Beheim walks out, picks the final 10. I'm in the final 10. I'm killing it. He points at me, say, yo, you bring up the ball. I'm like, it's game time. Boom, crossover my guy. Should have shot it. And I passed it to this 
<laughs> Bozo. <laughs> and he, he clocked it off the backboard. And I'm just like, bruh. And um, it came down to it. He picked the final two. One of them was his other white manager. And then the tall dude. And it's crazy because the assistant coach at the time, Bernie Fine, who actually got caught up years later, All right. he pulled me to the side and was like, yo, real talk, you know, you were better. It's just we went with the taller guy, blah, blah, blah. And so that's like my Syracuse basketball story because I played basketball my entire, entire life. Um, didn't really play on it playing in college, but I was this close. And I think it all worked out, pledge cap, all that good stuff. And so, um, most, by the way. but yeah. It's crazy, but they yeah, I was almost on the Syracuse basketball team. It's crazy enough. Shout outs before we get up out of here. This is the part of the show where you can shout out anybody that's been impactful in your life, anything that you've seen in the social media space. Um, and then I also want you to tell folks where they can catch you at, where they can catch your content at, all your socials plug. You know, this is the part of the show where you let your light shine, big dog. I appreciate you coming yeah. on, but give me your shout outs for the week. I appreciate you. Uh, number one, thank God. I mean, I love God. The I'm most going to high. church my whole life, and nothing is possible without Him. Um, shout outs to my mom. I love my mom. My I think uh, the things that Black women do on a day to day basis is just amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, just shout outs to everyone that's ever helped me in my life, who paid it forward. Shout outs to everybody listening. Shout outs to you. I mean, I met you as just killing it, photography, and the fact that you continue to travel the world with sports and got this audio. We on here five minutes before the show. You got all these sound effects and you know, audio. Little, so, little razzle um, dazzle, you feel me? That's major. Um, and my girl, she's listening right now. She she brought me a chapstick mid-episode, <laughs> mid so shout out to her. Um, I know my lips is crazy. Um, but yeah, that's that's just about it. My dog, I appreciate you. Shout out to you for for putting on, for not just for me, for pulling up on the show, but pulling up on the culture. Uh, pulling up for Absolutely. the culture. Make sure y'all check my bro out. Uh, what's the name of the show again? Is it a, it's a Time for Change? Yeah, A Time for Change Word. every Tuesday. Uh, Yahoo Finance on YouTube.com, wherever. Uh, also, you mentioned social. So Instagram, The Marquise F um, on Instagram, Twitter, pretty much it so word yeah word um shout out to michael parsons unanimous rookie selection making an all pro team he's the only rookie to be selected to the team um that made that's a huge impact move for the cowboys even though they came up short but michael parsons i i, I came became familiar with him at penn state and then even through hard knocks when they were filming and michael parsons is going to be um one of the ones that we talking about 10 years from now so salute to michael parsons um, on making the all-pro team. Shout out to the black podcast that I love and support. Terry Rosen and Cam over at the Terry Rosen podcast. Dino Cardi and KO over at Taper Talk. What's the word? Um, Cody Mack, what's the deal? Brief Pacific, y'all can catch up on the airways on Power 92. Shout out to my boy Ashley and Vail at the, with the BU podcast out in Japan. Of course, the Supreme Pod, God, Jay Sims, Joe Jack, Young Juice, AE Media, KD over at the Reason to Doubt podcast. My boy MG and Shoddy. Over at the Defining Victories podcast, only on BlitzSportsNetwork.com. Big shout out to my young boy uh, after the Cowboys 49ers game that did the interview with Debo. Hit it. I mean, it's just amazing, <laughs> man. Um, I don't. Let's go. Yeah. All right.
Debo can do it all. Samuel, you had a crazy game. You was doing it all. 100 total yards in a touchdown. How does it feel being mentioned as a running back and a wide receiver? I mean, it's just amazing, man. Um, I don't second question anything Kyle asked me to do. Um, I trust him just as well as he trusts me with the ball in my hands, and I just go out here and give him all. This Yo, hard right here. What's going on through your head? This hard. Drink this in, Keys. This is you. This you. Twenty years ago. Kyle put the kicker out there to pin him back deep, so we didn't we didn't pin him back deep. So we got a lot of faith in our defense, and they went out here and got the job done. So this is between me and you. Do you think it's 49ers here? Baltimore. Young Billy. I think I think so. We got one at a time though. One at a time. I see you. Man, great game, man. And you got MVP last last week. Yeah, great game. That's P. That's hard. That's hard. That's, That's you. That's you That's and me 15, 20 years ago, bro. On the there field, interviewing an NFL player, bro. He's on his way. Big time. Shout out to Young Boy. I need him on the show. I got to get his name. I got to get his info. Got to have him on the show. Um, mm -hmm. Man, thank you for pulling up on me, bro. Before we get out of here again, I want to remind y'all we everywhere that podcast live. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. All of that. Make sure y'all hit us up on the YouTube. The video is going to be up sooner than, sooner than you think. It's in your phone right now as I'm talking to you. <laughs> Make sure y'all check us out on the Instagram at Podcast at Labeled and On. Hit us up in the mailbag with questions, comments, concerns, all of that. The HitmeInPodcast at gmail.com. But most importantly, don't ever forget in your life. What happened here was a miracle, and I want you to f***ing acknowledge it. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Can 64, we, go now? we gone. Holla. <laughs>